everyone, and welcome to the Inside App Group podcast, where we talk about organizational leadership, systems, marketing, and more for your church or organization. Today, we want to talk about building a small group system. Today, you have your host, Nathan Westfall and Michael Moore. Howdy. Today, uh, we want to talk about, you know, small groups or in our tents, community groups. And Michael, what are they? Well, first off, um, I don't really say howdy in real life. I only say it on the podcast. I don't know why. You only say it when someone, yeah, when it's like a formal, like, how are you doing type like, thing. Howdy. That's when all the Texas in you comes out. I, I the know. y'all, and the howdy. Yeah. It just, that's when it comes out. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But whenever I spend more time in the South, I notice I come back up here and I've got this Southern twang to you me just too. a little bit. Even on the plane ride back. Like It's yeah. like, how how y'all doing over there? You know, it's, anyways, um, Side note, totally off subject. I saw this meme the other day. Oh my gosh! All right, you guys just bear with us. We'll get to we'll get to small groups in a minute. But I saw this meme and it said, "What New Yorkers mean? What New Yorkers mean when you say you good?" <laughs> and it's like, "You good? How are you doing? You good? What's up, bro? You good? What I do that made you mad? You know, it was just like yeah, this yeah, whole yeah. list because we say it. You good? Yeah, you, yeah, I'm good. What do you What do you mean by that? So I thought it was funny because I've dealt with that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, small Let me repeat the question. Just okay, so that please we're all do. Good. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. please okay. do. So small groups or in our church, community groups, what are they? So uh, small groups or community groups in our context, uh, which I have to repeat the question for whatever reason. Like, Again, so you get to hear it a third time. A third time. So guys, we're talking about groups today. Um, God help us. Uh, groups is our way, I would say probably where the most discipleship takes place in our church, or at least the most group discipleship. Obviously, there is one-on-one discipleship, or uh, and we also have an internship that is a very intense uh, discipleship program. And so those are some different things, but that's where, where most of the Christian life happens. And, and I want to I start off by reading this. So we have our mission statement on our website, and we'll link to this in the show notes so that you can you can watch or you can go read this. Uh, but we have something we've talked about before. It's called our creed, and our creed is essentially our core values just written out like a creed, like the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed. And so I'm just going to read it to you real quick. It's, we are a gospel-centered community united in loving God and one another. Together, we are committed to establishing a culture of honor and excellence that Jesus may be known. We encounter God in our daily lives through prayer, worship, scripture, and other means prescribed by God. We believe that we should be passionate about Jesus and connecting others to Jesus. And so that's our creed, our local expression of biblical values. But in there, we were very intentional to include the words we, uh, community, together, um, and, and really talk about how we are the body of Christ. We are the church, and we are committed to gospel-centered community. I'd say that's our biggest priority, mm-hmm. our biggest core value as a church. And so uh, community in our context is where people gather together. They crack open the word of God. They crack open a study. They break bread together. They Mm -hmm. share life. They pray for one another. They're there to carry each other's burdens. They're there to do life with each other, which we have um, at at times, more times than than not, seen extremely successful in the life of our church. And, And I'll just say this real quick. We've noticed in our church that if someone can get connected into a group at our church, they will stay. Day, uh, nine times yep. out of ten, yep. if they don't get connected into a group, give it a few months and they'll be gone. They're they're contrib- they're a consumer, not contributing, and uh, that's just one of the things we've seen. And so, group life is extremely important. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, 
so what are some different types of small group models out there? I know the way we do it, but what are maybe some, some other ways people might do it? Yeah, actually, the way we do it, I don't know of anybody else that does it our way. It's and, the best way, so we'll yeah, go over well, it for sure. I was about to say I don't know if it's the best way. but No, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's a few different ways. Uh, one is the ARC model. If, you are, if you're familiar with ARC, the Association of Related Churches, they really push semester-based small group, which I actually think came from Nelson Searcy. Um, I may be wrong about that. But it is where it's 12 weeks on, six weeks off, 10 weeks during the summer, six weeks off, 12 weeks on, and then you're off uh, during the holiday season. And so that's one way that I know a lot of churches do that. And the, the reason being is it gives people an opportunity to join a group, make some friends, but then it gives everybody a break uh, to where during your break, everyone has six weeks off. Um, mm-hmm. Other ways, North Point, they ask you to join a group. And after a month of being in that group, they ask you to give it a two-year commitment without switching a group. And they, I don't know if they meet every week, but they're pretty they're pretty intense yeah, about once yeah. you're in a group, you're not, you're not moving um, for, for two years. Uh, other models uh, that I've seen is more of like a cell group style where uh, you'll meet one or two weeks out of the year, but they've got uh, different topics that you can choose from and you can just bounce around. Uh, I think that that's good. Um, if you're interested in particular topics, it's bad for developing gospel relationships. That's just mm-hmm. me personally. Um, and then I also know that there's a lot of churches out there that are moving to a house model church. Uh, Francis Chan, actually, We Are Church, uh, they have moved to where uh, everything that they do is happening in house churches, and then they gather once a month uh, for a large assembly, which is a, a totally new model. Interesting. Yeah. And um, and so those are some different different ways. And then we have ours, um, which actually, Nathan, I'm going to shift the question. So Nathan is over our community group. Um, he's our community group director for the church, and so he oversees it all. Why don't you talk about our current model and then I'll talk about how we landed on this current current model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just so you know, when you said model, I thought you meant structure. So I agree that this yeah. might not be the best one. I was thinking like how we do groups week to week, not the time structure. Oh, I, yeah, we yeah, can yeah, talk yeah. about that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so the way that we do groups is we uh as a church we're split into three seasons. So, you know, twelve months divided by three, four months there's your season. Um, and a group uh, has to have a commitment, at least from the leaders, for that season. Um, they have to commit to leading the group over the course of that four months. Which is, yeah, four-month commitment. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, so the way that we do that is uh, the first three weeks of the month, so it's a weekly group. Um, the first three weeks of the month is the actual group. They can pick what day of the week, uh, whatever uh, the fourth week, everyone has off just for a chance to recharge and all that stuff. If a month happens to have a fifth week, we actually do a servolution at that point where um, each group uh, as a whole, so this is great rather than a whole assembly servolution, which gets too big when you you know are in the thousands of numbers and all that stuff, uh, the group itself actually decides what it does. So I think last season we had two groups uh decide to help out with a local event that Rensselaer had because of the launch of the campus. So it was giving us good community engagement. Uh, another group uh, made sandwiches as a group, since they normally do food, they just made food for a homeless shelter down the street. Um, so they get to pick what they want to do, but that fifth week is kind of uh, whatever your teaching is, whether it be the gospel based book based, whatever it is, you take a break and just use that community aspect to help the community around you. Yeah, and what that does is is people are in the same group for an extended period, 
and then people are now serving together as well. And, and a lot of people outside the church. Yeah. Outside of the church. We don't serve inside the church. It's outside the church and serving to our community. And so it's a win-win. And what that did for us is that took the pressure off of the staff of having to develop a one day servolution day, or some churches may do a love week where you just go out and you serve the community. And I think that those are great. Uh, but for us in our context, it was very difficult for us to manage that. And we actually found out that the participation was lower than if we had the groups go out and serve. Yeah. And I was going to say part of that participation is too, is because the groups are the ones deciding. So even yeah. as me leading the community groups, uh, I don't really care what they do. Right. I mean, there's obviously some exceptions to what they do, but for the most part, I, they have free reign to pick what they want. And that's great because the whole group decides what they want to do, what they're passionate about. And I think pretty much can say that attendance is, even if people have missed a couple of weeks, they'll come for that solution. Yeah. And, and and I'll say this, as a pastor, after the last one, I actually got a letter from one of the homeless shelters thanking us for the food, and I had mm. no idea what they were talking about. And so I was like... That was our group, what, actually. What was like, I was like, yeah. oh, what's, oh, this is cool. Yeah, I guess we made a bunch of food for you guys. That's, you know, that's cool. So... Uh, and I'll share a little bit about how we got there. We we did the semester based for a long time, um, and what what we learned is. Can you real quick uh, explain the difference between a season and a semester? Yeah, so uh, semester semester based again is uh, is twelve weeks on, six weeks off, and so it's kind of broken more so up in quarters. Um, and during the semester based, we found that people would commit for twelve weeks, but towards the end, people would start to die off, um, and then. What happens is after our big days as a church, I'll specifically talk about Easter. Easter was always at the end of a semester. And so here we have mm. all these new people coming in and we're so excited that you're here. Great. What's my next step? Well, you can go to next steps or essentials or our foundations class, whatever it may be. All right, great. What's after that? Well, you got to wait till June because we don't have anything on the calendar till June. And we found out that people were were reluctant to keep coming and were disengaged. And so uh, we changed it. Uh, well, another time, actually, I'll just sit, share this real quick. Our group was, was uh, we were having a hard time with semester base. So we actually then went to one community group. This is whenever the church was a lot smaller. Yep. We went to one community group and we met at my house on Wednesday nights. And it was phenomenal until it got to be yep. 35, 40 people. Which your house can't fit Kids, in one room. No, it was it was um, it was great and horrible at the same time. You want just a side note for anyone out there. You want to make your group feel big or feel big with a small amount of people. Add two kids. Yeah, yeah, that that, that is true. That is true. And so, um, so at that point, we we ended up multiplying the groups, and then somehow uh, over the course of just trying things is how we landed on the season groups. And what I love about the season groups is outside of the the end of January. Uh, and the beginning, I'm sorry, the beginning of January, the end of December, beginning of January, the holiday season, groups are happening all the time, mm -hmm. all the time. And so there's always a chance for someone new to get plugged into a community group. And that's, that's what I love. And if a group needs to take a break for a season, they can, but most of the time, I mean, you speak to this, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's most of the time leader to leader, but what's great is, uh, so first, the most time that I think we ever have off from a group is maybe two weeks is the yeah. most amount of time you'll have without a group going on. Um, the next thing is, is if a group doesn't continue, and I'll use my group as an example because it's perfect for this. 
So we talked about at the beginning of this episode how groups um, kind of are the best way to lead discipleship in the church, right? You'd agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the big thing is, so my group, uh, we, I would say, gosh, so long ago, year and a half ago, was a group that I led. I led it for two seasons. I then had a season in my life where I had to move uh, and we couldn't do it at my new apartment. So someone else in my group through discipleship, because I had to travel a lot for business, would have him that. would have him lead when I was out, took over that group for a couple of seasons. Um, then he got a job. Then I took back to leading it over with another person in the church who we wanted to have lead. So we co-led the group. And now this season, she's on her own. So that's a perfect example of how using discipleship in your group, which we encourage all of our leaders to do, to find someone to help them grow up um, just as a leader and disciple them in that group, uh, pave the way where even though I wasn't leading it over the course of the year and a half, it's been the same group for a year and a half. Yeah. I mean, you've had the same 12, 14 people consistently come in. Yep. And I know now I saw y'all's numbers recently. It, it grew to 29 people this last it's season huge. during yeah. summer. Like yeah. what the heck, yep. you know? Yep. Um, and so that's awesome. And then now you're able to step out of that. They're still able to continue uh, but you're able to go do something else. And, and it's all through discipleship too. It's not like you have someone else coming in, maybe another leader in the church or something leading your group. It's all been through natural, organic discipleship. Yeah, totally. And and I love that. If if you would, uh why don't you why don't you talk to us a little about a little bit about the structure of uh how you run your group or, or you did run your group because you're no longer leading a group, but how you did run your group uh on Wednesday nights. Yeah, so actually how like the Wednesday night went that they're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the way we do groups is um, we used to lead at my house, but now the other person uh, has it at their house. Uh, so I would just be able to show up and lead with them. Um, so what we do is for the first hour, the group's normally around two, two and a half hours um, with people allowed to stay after that. Um, we do the first hour is strictly food and people just hanging out, you know, most people are getting out of work. So it allows time for people to meet early during that time. Cause you're not going to fit everyone's schedule, but you try to be best about it. So like, you know, six o'clock may work for one person, six thirty may work for another. So, um, you know, when seven o'clock rolled around, that's when the discussion started in terms of, uh, you know, gospel centered, uh, scripture discussion and, uh, prayer. Um, but the first part was great because it allowed you to catch up with everyone during the week, really dive into what's going on. Um, we even had someone in our group who's recently starting a coffee shop who, um, you know, every week we get updates, figure out how he's doing in the community and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it really just opens that up to where uh, I can say that that whole group kind of uh, supported him through the thing indirectly just because we were all so invested just through hearing and having him there every yeah, week. Yeah, totally, totally. So um, uh, then we would dive in. We use a program called uh, Right Now Media, which we'll put in the show notes, but uh, it's a great resource. Every church should purchase this. Every church. And, and look, I'm going to give you a little inside secret. If you can't afford the price, call them because they have a no church left behind policy and they will work with you. Just throwing that out there. Uh, yeah, it's totally worth it because even if uh, that's, I can tell you for a fact that right now media for someone who you know, you can, who know, who you know can lead, uh, but feels a little uncomfortable because they have to come up with material right now. Media has always filled the gap in that area where it's been either through videos or through online teachings that they can get the notes for or both. 
Um, if someone's ever wanted to lead a group but felt uneasy about developing the content themselves, Right Now Media has always filled that gap. Um, so Right Now Media is something that we used in our group. So we'd watch a short video, we go um, read through the scripture, and then uh, you know go off our own questions and the questions that they provided and just discuss it. Um, and it really, it really opened up a lot of stuff because uh, the benefit is uh, if you go through it ahead of time, a lot of the questions just kind of dive in for deeper discussion. So I can tell you, we skipped half the questions and we came up with probably twice as many as that were actually there. Um, so, uh, and that only comes over time to just the, the whole part of having that aspect of community in the beginning kind of got everyone already in that conversation mode. So you're really just setting everyone on the same topic rather than uh, forcing a discussion. So it would be even people who have never been at City Church before, let alone a group, right? So they've never had any experience with City Church could come in and feel totally comfortable. Yeah, another point of entry right there, which is absolutely awesome. Yeah, because at that point, uh, it's definitely the personal invite because at that point, you're most of the time showing up with that person too. So it really is a, a handhold first entry, you know? Yeah, I, I think that that's awesome. And and some of the things that I've seen about groups being together, like uh, like your group has been is, and I actually know you guys have someone in your group that's about to uh, give birth and, and like yeah. people yep. people rallying around that for the baby shower and, and uh, helping out or... Uh, someone's on vacation and just helping out with that. I uh, also know, um, actually, and I won't say them by name, but if you're listening to this and you know them, you can figure it out. We had someone, we had someone who had a vehicle, and then someone else in the church who was in need of a vehicle. And through community group, they had that extra vehicle. They literally gave someone a vehicle to someone else in the church. Didn't tell anybody about it, and I found out from the person who they received the vehicle. Um, and it, it, that's just boom, another example of. Uh, the the church staff wasn't involved mm-hmm. with that. The people in the group did that. And then, yep, I'll, yep. I, and I'll just say this too. And this is a, a test and uh, to to y'all's group. Uh, and, and again, this is just one example. I want to make that very clear. Um, we had uh, we had Sabbath uh, two weeks ago, uh, where we did not have church. And your community group, you were actually on vacation. Yeah, yeah. I heard about it. Yeah. <clears throat> But they all they were all like, well, we still want to get together. And they all got together and they went to brunch and they had a good Bible discussion over brunch and just hung out and did life together. I would have rather been at that brunch on vacation. Uh, totally honest really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a, I've heard it was a great time. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of good things about it. And so I, I think that that's a, a true testament to uh, you're wanting to move people from first time guests, second time guests to attending to Sundays to being plugged in into the life of the church. And I really do believe that that once you get plugged into the life of the church, it is a transformation um, of your friendships, of your character. I mean, it, it truly is. You know, Second uh, Corinthians 5, 17, therefore you are a new creation. Uh, we are continuously being made into a new creation. And so it is God using people to sanctify you, to make you into a new creation. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, did I answer your question? I think you did. Okay, Thank you. Good, good, good. Thank you. All right. So uh, how important is it for a church to push people into community? Yeah. So I, I think that the big thing, the big thing with that is, uh, so let me, let me pause here. I know a lot of people give mega churches a lot of crap. And I just think that you're silly if you give mega churches a lot of crap, because yep. there's a lot of mega churches that get a lot of crap that are seeing 
hundreds and hundreds of lives changed. And they're, the biggest thing I hear is, I don't want to go to a church that's that big. Well, if you go to the right mega church that is that big and you get plugged into their groups, I guarantee you it will be life transformation. Yeah. And so I, I really think groups, whether you're small, whether you're large, is I genuinely think that the conversation happens better in circles than it does in rows. And that's an Andy Stanley quote, but it happens better whenever six, eight, 10, 12, 20 people are gathered around in a circle talking about real life issues, talking about their struggles, talking about scripture, uh, and sharing their burdens and their needs with one another. Uh, you see more life change happen out of that than you do just one sermon on a Sunday morning. One, mm-hmm. one sermon on a Sunday morning should proclaim the gospel. It should herald the good news, talk about us being sinners and a need of repentance. We, we know that, but group life really does force people um, to do life with one another and to make friends. And I, and I think that it's, that's where you get those disciple making relationships. And so we are not at a hundred percent of our church attending groups. Uh, I, I actually, I don't know the percentage right now. I'd say we're probably between 40 to 50%. So we, uh, could do better at that, but it is, it is those things that the people that get involved in group, you see the biggest spiritual growth, the biggest accountability take place, um, you see them develop a deep, meaningful friendships, and you, you, man, you see them advance in their calling uh, that God's calling them to. And um, whether it's a coffee shop going into ministry or being an IT guy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you see them just do life better. Yeah. No. Very true. Um, so, how does discipleship? take place in groups. Yeah. I, well, I think you kind of hit on that a little bit with how you guys I did, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, so some of the other, other ways is if someone is personally struggling with something, we want to empower yeah. the group leader to be able to disciple them. And we want to empower that. We, we want that group leader to be able to essentially be their pastor, so to speak, and to be able to step in and to disciple them through a problem, counsel them, um, give them give them godly advice. Obviously, if it's out of their realm, then they can take it to the next level up. Uh, and and so that's one way that discipleship happens. Uh, the other way is people doing life together. And so I know of people who have been in groups together and someone is cussing up a storm or uh, someone is involved in sin. And uh, people in that group have approached them about that because they have relationship with them. And they've been like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that. Thank you. Or I didn't realize it was that public or I didn't realize it was offensive offensive Mm -hmm. to people. And you've seen them make uh, not large, but make small steps towards sanctification, essentially. Yep. And and so I think that that's that's a huge area. Uh, it's a huge opportunity for discipleship. the The other thing is it's also a, it's a step for leadership as well, um, which we want everyone in our church to be leaders, whether it's in the church or outside of the church. I think that the church should be setting the way, setting an example for people in our communities. Um, and and so you you think about that. Um, if people are calling other people to a higher standard, people are being discipled into leaders, it's just giving them more tools in their toolbox as far as Christianity goes. And I, I, I yeah. So I think that that's kind of how discipleship happens um, in ours. And and I'll just say this before we, before we move on. Um, it's not your responsibility as a pastor or as a group leader or as a group's director or as a worship leader, whatever it is, to completely disciple someone to where they need to be. It is your job 
to teach them and to show them everything that you know so that they can then take what you've given them and go to somebody else. Yeah, I think that's good. And I can even tell you that even from um, in a place of a director helping out with community groups, um, you know, I I take the whoever's leading, I take that very seriously in terms of, of who's leading, not just if they're a good leader, but someone who, who I and the church can trust because uh, going to that whole discipleship thing on past from just discipling, you know, through leading on a group during the week, you want to make sure they have that ability to, as you said, pastor them, mentor them one-on-one if they have any questions. Uh, and I think from my experience, part of what really opens that up is um, I want to make sure that all my leaders are empowered enough to do that because to be totally honest, I don't, I don't care about that stuff in terms of you don't need to come report to me about who you discipled this right, week. Right. Um, you know, I don't need to know what's going on in this person's life. I mean, by all means, I make it very well known that if you struggle and there's a question that you can't answer, yeah, by there's all a means, crisis or something. Yeah, yeah by all me. means, come to us, but you don't need to come back and report to me. You don't need to come check in with me all the time about the stuff that you do. I trust you enough that if you need help, you'll come to me for help, but you can disciple and have that other person know, because that's the big thing too, is have the other person who you are discipling to know that whatever they tell you stays between you. It doesn't wire itself up the chain at all. Yeah, totally. And, and I'll just say this is uh, we also have, and I don't know if you're listening to this, I don't know your standards for group leaders. We have a very high standard yeah. for our group leaders. Uh, and I would say we say no to more people than we actually say yes to because yep. it's that important to us. Um, and so that's, that's one of the other things that we've learned. We've let, we've, it, we used to be, Oh, you want to be a group leader? Go. And then they're all going out drinking and all. And I'm mm-hmm. just being honest with you. That's happened in our church. They're all getting, you know, not getting drunk, but going out drinking and partying after group and stuff. And it's like, well, I hear that churches, you know, um, and that isn't, that isn't who we want to be. And so we take it very seriously. Uh, and you have got to, uh, essentially pass a one-on-one interview. You got to meet the qualifications. You got to show biblical character. Uh, it is something that is for a mature Christian or someone who is growing towards a mature Christian. And the other thing, Nathan, real quick, cause I think this is cool. Cause whenever you took over groups, uh, and I know I'll, real quick, cause I know we're, we're limited on time. Yeah. Uh, why don't you, why don't you talk to us real quick about the sign up process? Because I think how you've changed it has simplified so much for our church. Yeah, I'll hit on I'll hit on two things. I want to give two shout outs to stuff. So the first one is, yeah, we uh, this is a brand new feature actually from Planning Center. It wasn't available when we were evaluating this a year and a half ago. Uh, but Planning Center now offers groups through their service. Uh, it's not fully flushed out yet. They obviously got more stuff to do. Like there's no mobile app, which is a pain in the butt. But uh, that's kind of the only thing they got against them. Um, but what's nice is uh, it's an online service that allows you to create your groups, assign leaders, so leaders can then manage their own group. You don't have to worry about that. Um, has an online calendar so people can get revi- reminders. They just added RSVPs so people can actually RSVP to groups. So they know who's coming. Um, you can upload content. So at the end of every week, we would upload the questions that we went over to here. Uh, you can do, uh, attendance, which is great for Michael and I. So, you know, we're not at every group and we don't ask for those check-ins, but the attendance is something that it reminds the group leaders to do so we can know, uh, exactly who's at group. So if we see, Hey, this person's gone to group eight weeks, then all of a sudden starts falling off the chain. We can kind of go back and look at and see, uh, maybe something misconnect, something like that. 
Um, and then signups, as he was saying, is great because they can just go to our website uh, and with their email address, sign up. If they're already in planning center through serving, host team, worship team, kids, whatever, uh, all that information is brought over and it just you know simplifies the whole thing. If not, then uh, all the group leader has to do is approve them and they're in the group and group leaders from then can email all their group members directly in planning center um, and all that other stuff. And the second thing I want to give a shout out to you, cause we're starting to use it this semester or season. We, uh, started using it last season in my group just to demo it out. Uh, but there's an app out there called, I think it's called echo. Um, but what it does is, yeah, is it's echo. Okay, good. Um, it allows, it's a prayer request app. Uh, but what's nice is the, it has a function inside of it, uh, that's designed for you to do it for groups. So we create a group for our, uh, community group that allows, all of our members to just open the app, go to the group, and they can see other people's prayer requests in the group because we do prayer at the end of, of every session. Um, and they can enter new prayer requests. They can give testimonies when it's done. Um, and then a nice thing that a lot of things miss is uh, it actually has even a group chat so you can encourage people. Um, they have a focus mode where you can you know, use the app to pray. So it like goes simplify step by step when you're That's done awesome. praying with something. That's absolutely And awesome. then when you're done, you have the option to send out a notification, everyone. So like I got one where I was away on vacation and I got a notification, Hey, uh, Christine actually just prayed for you through all these prayer requests. And it was super encouraging and all that stuff just because of the timing. But, um, it's stuff like that, that kind of helps bring the group together outside of that one time a uh, week that you meet. Yeah, so it's using technology to the advantage to really yep. foster and to build that relationship, yep. discipleship. And I'll just say this also, because I know it's made my life 10 times easier for group signups, uh, is it's on a Sunday, hey, I'm interested in groups, what do I do? Or someone's asking a host, host yep. team member, or yep. what's my next step? Uh, we literally have an iPad, a tablet, uh, the Amazon tablet, the Fire, whatever yep. it's called, yep. sitting there in the host area. Oh, here, let me show you here's your group options. Click on this button if you want to look for something else and then just click on it, enter your email address, enter, and you're signed up and that's it. And it doesn't go to me. It doesn't go to you. It goes to the group leader. So it takes the second and the third person out and, and it's literally like, um, what do they call it in the business world? Uh, mar- uh, factory to customer or whatever. Yeah, there's there's direct, no, yeah. yeah, no middleman. And I love that. Absolutely yeah. love it. No, and it's great too because it even gives the, the person, which I think a good percentage of our signups are through this, probably 10, 20% or so, um, is they can go home, talk to their spouse about it, go through. I even had questions for like, hey, can, I want to know where a group is near me. And you can literally pull up a map and see all the groups near you. Uh, which is great. So like literally they got to go home and see my group is over here, over here. This one would be closer and boom. And, and something else is, uh, is the app also tells you if it's kid friendly, if they have pets, some people are allergic to cats. So let's say we have a cat. And so, you know, um, if there's parking, if there's just all those, I mean, you can speak to Yeah, those. That's only if you set it up correctly. So if you want tips, you should email us cause I did all that by hand. So yeah. it's possible, but it's not upfront. Okay. So that's, that's good to know. So email us. Um, yeah. So it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so last question, I know we're going a little bit over, but what would you recommend for a church who is trying to build a small group system? Yeah, I would recommend depending on the size of your church, I'm going to say if you're 75 people or less, start out with one group and, mm-hmm. um, host it at a, at a house and, uh, don't give a end date on it. Just say, we're going to start on this day, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. It's going to be 7 to 9 and see who shows up, see what happens. 
Uh, and then from there in that one group start to develop two or three key leaders that as that group hits 20, 25, 30 people, you can naturally spawn off of it. Yep. Um, so, and that's kind of after we tried the semester thing, that's what we did. And that's kind of how we landed where we are now. It was a good relaunch. Yeah, it sure. was. Yeah. It was really a good relaunch. And um, and then the other thing with that is, you, you know, you want to develop new leaders and, and stuff. Um, don't go too fast. I think sometimes we've gone too fast. I know we have at City Church and we've launched uh, five brand new groups a semester or, or at that time, uh, uh, yeah, at that time it would have been a semester and four out of the five brand new groups failed on week two because no one showed up. But if you, if you launch slowly and you've got the right leaders, I, I would say all of our groups have a healthy attendance, healthy participation. Um, and, and hopefully by the beginning of the year, we're, we're going to end up duplicating that. And those groups are going to end up multiplying and stuff, which ultimately is the goal. So start out with one group, uh, organically, let it, um, grow. And then don't be afraid to try new things. Like we did, we tried three weeks on one week off and it works phenomenal right now for our church. And no one complains. Our group leaders do not complain about being burned nope. out, which nope. is great. Yeah, no, I think that's good. And I always want to say too, in terms of ramping up your groups, uh, always keep a healthy number in mind where in terms of how much you think your church will participate. So like, even though you have 10 leaders, you might not want to have 10 groups because, right, you know, right. a couple of those leaders might just be waiting around. I will say that right now we're in a spot where we have a healthy, as you said, amount of leaders um, to support groups. But what's nice is we also have a leader um, who are just in the position where they're leading a group. No one signed up for their group, but they know that they're kind of the overflow group, which is awesome. Yeah, and and I, I think that that's a good thing as well. And then we also have uh, we have a group leader and then a co-leader that essentially yep. is like an apprentice with the goal of four months from now you're going to be leading your yep. own group as yep. well. Yep, that's always a good approach to take. So, anything anything else on yep. groups? No, I don't I don't have anything. If you don't have a, a small group community group system, uh, you should email us if you have questions. If you're in the Albany area, please mm -hmm. come check out one of our groups. Um, we'd love to have you. Citychurchalbany.com forward slash groups. Yep. Yep. Cool. So if you're listening, you can find more information at insideoutgroup.org. Uh, if you have any questions for myself or Michael, you can go to the top and click contact and we'll get those and respond to you as soon as we can. We'd love to hear any feedback or any questions that you guys might have. Uh, if you guys want to hear more from Michael, you can find him on the internet at Mike Moore ALB. Uh, or the real Mike Moore.org. Um, you know, and if you go ahead. Dot com. Dot com. Sorry. It's okay. Insideoutgroup.org, the I real Mike Moore. Yes. Dot com. Yeah. 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 Uh, and if you guys like what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe, tell someone else about it, rate, review on iTunes. Uh, it really helps us out. And, uh, you know, we just love getting all this feedback. Uh, so we want to thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next Hey guys, we just want to remind you about the night of worship that is happening October 12th at 7 p.m. at the Washington Armory in downtown Albany, New York. We want to invite you, your team, and your church to come be a part of a historical night of worship where we're going to be lifting up the name of Jesus. On top of that, we want to honor pastors and worship leaders and give back to our community. For more information on this free, free night of worship, please visit us at insideoutgroup.org forward slash Mac. That's insideoutgroup.org forward slash M-A-C-K. We look forward to seeing you there.